Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Maybe Next Year, a podcast that is happily back from its sexual harassment training, uh, unpaid leave last week, and we have all learned how to be better people. My name is Frank. I'm Scott. I'm Paul. And, and now I'm worried about one of my headlines. <laughs> oh, I feel no. like we'll be right Son back in bitch. training next week. Spoiler? Uh, no. Um, no, there used to be a great, I don't know if it was a great joke, but there was a joke at the beginning of this podcast about how we always had a board op. Um, <laughs> yeah. that was, we just said That's a different right. woman's name each week uh, to make it sound like women would even talk to us, uh, which, you know, some of them do. But um, no, we, we just, uh, we blew it last week and we're sorry. Uh, it was a, it was, it was my fault um, and it was Christmas's fault. And so it was everyone's fault. Yeah, it was everyone's well, fault. There it was, was your people's fault. If you had listened to this podcast more and told more people about it, we'd probably care more and we'd do it more. Right. Well, the point, the point was our usual, you know, get to the beginning of the week and see when we all can record didn't work. And then Wednesday was Christmas. And then and then before you knew it, uh, it was it was over. So um, we apologize. And we are but we are we are happy to be here this week. Um, the Buffalo Bills lost a football game since we last spoke. The Buffalo Bills lost a football game to the New England Patriots by a score that I failed to bring up in front of me. And they lost a football game to the Jets by a score I failed to bring up in front of me. Um, both were the, the, the Patriots game was a one score game. Uh, the Jets game was, I think technically still a two score game or was it a one? No, it was one 13 to six. The Bills kicked that, uh, yeah. Field goal at the end. That was super relevant. Uh, super duper relevant and uh you know i was sort of pulling my hair out a bit because i was mad that they were setting themselves up to tie uh which 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 thankfully didn't happen uh, I, I figured they would go for two if they got in that i feel they would have us done us the favor and gone for two there they've done themselves the favor too right because like that's just another half hour of playing a meaningless i could i could definitely see mcdermott being like the card says go for one. We play to win the game. I don't know what you want us to do. <laughs> as, as he as he stands over the broken leg of of Quinn Spain. Yes. Josh, Josh Allen, who you know was just uh, ready to standing go back on to the, the sideline and and, and <laughs> went over to pick up a penny that he wouldn't have seen if there if overtime hadn't happened. Well, in overtime, I was going to trust our lockdown corners of Siran Siran Neal and Isaiah McKenzie. I don't yeah. see what could have gone wrong there. So um, all the interesting stuff, and I use the word interesting in quotes about the Jets game, uh, was was minimal and sort of um, not re- – it was all numerology. I had pointed out that they had a chance to have their first season without back-to-back losses since 1992 when they went 13-3. and So – uh, that would have been kind of neat, but it would have ultimately meant nothing. And we're not really going to talk much about Bills Jets, other than when we talk about some of the other things that we're going to talk about. That that game will come up. Um, but the the Bills um, went into Foxborough. They they drove late, guys. They they were there. They had their chance. Um, an absolute awful time for an injury on the offensive line on the last drive. And then um, was it Quinton Spain that got completely destroyed on the last pass play? There was somebody on the on the in the on the front of the television screen who just sort of fell over. Oh, uh, I don't even remember. Final, yeah, Ray was so long ago. The final blitz. Um, I watched this game at my in-laws' kitchen table. I had told my wife there's one thing I want on this week's trip. 
to Indiana. I went to watch this game in peace without a lot of people asking me dumb questions and talking over the television. And I got about tw- I got about 20 minutes of that. And then my father-in-law, who good and important like, questions from your in-laws, right, Frank? Absolutely. Who they don't listen to this, uh, but they absolutely just talked over the whole game. And then my father-in-law ultimately got around to asking a few reasonable questions. But by then, I was way I was already deep in the the pissed off and had plenty of bourbon and um anyway um but the bills lost in foxborough my dad's assessment who watched the game at wegmans in rochester was that well it looks like they'd be ready for them next time but my dad hasn't watched really the last 20 years of patriots bills games and so i'm left i was left with the feeling and this is where i will jump off to you guys now scott first um did it feel like they were close to being the patriots or did it feel like it was just one of those close patriots bills games that shouldn't have been close and really they weren't that close um you know i i feel like in in uh, hopefully five weeks when the season's over after the bills have won the super bowl mm-hmm. we'll we'll have a discussion where we compare this year's team to the 20 the team that made the playoffs the 2017 team yeah and obviously if they win the super bowl i think we'll know the answer to is this team better than that team well it'd be a but, toss-up i don't know <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> have to be some really weird things happening in the playoffs um but uh, yeah, the so I think that is a little bit of variant. So we'll get to that one. In terms of this one, comparison to, to other Patriots losses, I would say yeah, this seems like one of the Patriots losses where it seems like the gap isn't quite as far as maybe you thought it was, mm-hmm. and that maybe there's you know if, if a couple plays were different. But the thing is, is that frequently in those games, what what ends up you realizing is that no, because then then the Patriots would play differently if they were losing or the game was different. Yeah, like that's that's the thing. Like and and going tying the score with with 30 seconds left in the game is not the same as winning the game with 30 seconds left in the game. Because right. um, that was what the that was what Miami did on Sunday, which is Miami which takes is, the lead. Right. If you if you want the 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 cherry on the Bills kind of. You know, yeah, I I, I want to say this team's a little different than previous years' teams, but boy, <laughs> having a chance to win the division at New England, and then you get the miracle Miami win in New England that you needed to get when the right. Patriots were actually trying, um, for the most part. I mean, they had their starters in the whole game, and they still lost. Um, boy, that's a killer because it would be really sweet to have a home game against the Pats instead of the alternative. Um, right. But, and, and to be fair, like there's a chance that. If they lose to Buffalo, they prepare differently for Miami. Maybe mm-hmm. it's a maybe it's a yeah. different game. But yep. we've all seen it. the butterfly effect, which but is all close the, enough. It's close all this is whole concept introduced. Ashton Kutcher's career, Kutcher. mostly yeah. The, yeah. The, the 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 worst impact of that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so yeah, I mean, I I want to say that again. Like I'll go back to I think what I was saying two three weeks ago. Like this year, I have still have concerns about the team that they're not quite where they need to be. That the run defense quite isn't quite good enough uh, to be like stellar, and that the pass rush isn't quite good enough on its own. Even though, as I had said in the preview, of the Pats thing, I thought the pass rush had gotten better over the previous weeks. Clearly, it had not because clearly they could not get to Tom Brady, and that was the one thing that you need to do to kind of beat their offense along with stop the run. You can do either of those two things, and it's kind of like, yeah, on some level, you could say that we, you know, we still held the Pats to 24, but 
I'm not really sure that we would have held them to 24 if that game goes into overtime because they were still moving the ball on us. They still had success. Um, and then the Bills offense, you know, they they did okay. Allen, a horrific kind of first half, a, a decent second half, but you know, it, it you know he couldn't quite put it all together. Um, you know, I was I was finishes you know, in I'm, typical Allen fashion. You know, 50% passing, 208 yards, two touchdowns. You know, sacked four runs. times. Right, couple yeah. runs. But, Seven but, for 43. Yeah, but exactly that is the kind of the typical Josh Allen game. And for, to be fair, at this point, the the kind of typical Bills production of 17 to 20 points. Right, and you can't. I mean, you're going to win some games in the NFL like that. You'll win a fair amount of them, but As it's going to be turned tough out to... ten this year, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But but uh, but it's not going to do in the in the playoffs. That's probably not going to get it done. Seventeen points a game. Mm-hmm. It would have against Jacksonville two years ago, but alas, uh, it is it is not Jacksonville two years ago. Yes. I I take the di- the different view just to be contrarian, also because I feel that way. I think the Bills were <laughs> closer to winning the division title than we might have given them given them credit for certainly at the beginning of the year it was going into that game when when we watched these close frank had mentioned you know there have been some close bills pats games i feel like those follow the formula where it either stays close for a few quarters and then new england just goes full throttle and blows them out or the bills have the game well in hand and then crap the bet entirely and lose it that way this was a game that was really neck and neck beginning to end, you know, where, where, you know, Deion Dawkins falls on his tail on the last play of the game and, you know, has to be a Hail Mary thrown Mm. by, uh, by Allen. And they had a lead in the third quarter and then they missed a lot of tackles on defense. They couldn't keep the Patriots from getting 10 more points. And it was, it was the type of game where it was such a back and forth that I, my reaction is to say, okay, they're, they're close. They're, they're not as far away as, you know, I, I thought they've been in the future. It is disappointing in light of what happened against or Miami best. in light of the Fitz magical experience that we had yesterday. But as, as Ashton Kutcher and Ethan Suppley would note, could have, it doesn't mean that would have happened yesterday if the Bills had beaten the Pats. But I think it's an, an encouraging sign with how they played. Do not take this as me saying a moral victory. I was try, very clear to try and note that on on Twitter. I I think they definitely didn't give their best game plan on offense or defense. I think they wanted to keep it relatively simple, knowing that truthfully, if they lost, they were going to get a bye week against the jets, which essentially mm-hmm. what it was, what it was, you know, all the starters are now all the key stars now have some rest going into the playoffs against the the Texans next week. And so I, I think it was, I think if they'd given their, their a game sort of game plan, it's a game they could have uh, could have pulled off because I felt it was a B game game plan. They didn't play well defensively. They didn't play well offensively for the first entire half, and then sporadically played okay throughout the second half, as Scott noted. So I I think they're close, and I think you know we won't know for sure until, as Scott mentioned, five weeks from now they've won the Super Bowl, and we can say it definitively. So I'll err on the side and say yeah, they were they. It was not an illusion like it's often been in the past. I really feel like this team was very close to beating the Pats and and then taking the division. I think the other thing that weighs in the favor of that finding, which both of you basically kind of said that it wasn't a full illusion here, um, was that, as as Scott points out, this has been this team all year. 
Um, I think that that's something. It wasn't like a particularly stinky or a particularly good Bills game. It was a Bills game, and they kept Mm -hmm. themselves right there. And that was, I mean, remarkably similar to the game earlier this year against New England. So that weighs in the favor of of such a finding. Um, And I think that the New England's – it's funny. We're talking about a 12-4 and New England team struggling, um, but they did. And, you know, you know, evidence of losing to Miami is part of it. I think that the troublesome aspects for me, of course, um, are the defense's inability to really stop the run. They didn't, you know, it wasn't like a, an obscene running day, but it was, you know, 96 yards for Sony Michelle and another, you know, 30 or 40 yards spread out over some things. Um, and it was typical stupid screenplays that got away from from them and and most importantly uh you know another fucking junk heap wide receiver in julian edelman who i am convinced would not be any good on any other team um but you know they can't adjust to him he's out of the game and they instantly start like they take the lead by the way and they you know look like they could have things in hand and he comes back and they you know don't adjust to him I don't understand who else Tom Brady is throwing to that you can't just double team him. And perhaps I'm just not sophisticated enough to understand that they were or the type of defense or who else was available on the field. But it seems to me that at some point, if you played them again, your game plan should be double team Edelman and stop the run and make somebody else catch the football. Because I think or just put fucking Trey White on him. Right. Trey's out there on and Harry. I don't care about and Harry. Right. Let's have him cover Edelman. Right. It's a good matchup. That yeah. is a good matchup. If you're insistent on that, then absolutely. That's what we should be we, sh- we should be doing here. Um, but, you know, it seemed ridiculous to me that they couldn't adjust to that. So that was actually the first that w- when you say like it wasn't a great game on defense, that's what bothers me. What bothers me is that like they didn't adjust to what was not a great New England offensive game plan either. It was a pretty bad team like they did not look great in the first half at all they were up they were they was tied 10 10 at the half you Mm -hmm. know and they were up 17 13 going into the fourth and so to me that that should have been um that should have been all resolved right it should have been it should have been the bills should have won that football game and they didn't and so and we can we can what if quite a bit on on what happened with the the Patriots game and all that. And we, you know, maybe, maybe we can in another day, but I think we've already said the things that we need to say in regards to that. Do you want to give us a three stars from that game, Scott? And we'll, we'll briefly touch before we move on to frankly, more exciting and better things. Uh, yes, I will. I will do three stars and, uh, I will give your third star to, uh, we'll not do honorable mentions just because I'm tired and I don't want to. Um, somebody on the Bills defense there, as your honorable mention. Beautiful. Um, well done. I feel like you can't go wrong with Trey, so we'll just go with Trey. Yeah, I mean, he, he was, yeah, he was good. Sure. He's good every game. Um, right. Honorable mention, I will give to uh, Dante Havtar, five tackles, one and a half sacks, um, one and a half tackles for loss, pass deflection, two QB hits. Um, again, a good, solid effort from the from the Pats defense. Again, they've 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 done they've gotten 
they've been playing well pretty much the whole season. Um, you know, again, except for for Sunday, but mm-hmm. kind of inexplicably, um, Stefan Gilmore. They're saying Stefan Gilmore lost Defensive Player of the Year because whoever it was, Devontae. Who's the Devontae in Miami now? Parker. Parker. Yeah, yes. Parker. He had like seven catches for 130 yards against Stefan Gilmore on Sunday. Um, and obviously they lost the game, but, um, anyway, Hightower gets it. Um, one thing I will also say on the offensive side that was discouraging from the bills was Singletary's kind of, um, unfortunate afternoon and the inability of the run defense of the run offense to get on track. Um, that's something that the bills absolutely have to have. I, I think we've proven that at least at this point, Josh Allen cannot do it all on his own. Um, he needs the balance. He needs the other rep part of the, the, the team to be there. Uh, Allen obviously had seven carries for 43 yards, but Singletary only having for 15 for 45. I think a lot of that is going to be Dante Hightower, Jamie Collins. Um, you know, there's New England linebackers that are always pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. But this year, especially um, kept us, kept uh, the bills out of the, out of the, out of this game. Um, I will give the, uh, the second star to, uh, to Cole Beasley. Um, he had a couple, I feel like he had a couple times when he, he might've dropped one. Allen, no, Allen missed him on one fairly early on. Um, but seven catches for 108 yards, pretty good day at the office. Um, you know, obviously John Brown had a nice, nice game as well, but I'll give it to Cole Beasley for a bit more consistency. Um, John Brown obviously had, had Stefan Gilmore on him for much of the game. He did beat him on the, the big double move to get the big touchdown. But, um, other than that was not quite as big of a factor as he'd like to see. Um, so Cole gets it for them. And then uh, I will give the first star to uh, Sony Michelle, just because I don't want to give it to Tom Brady. Tom Brady was 26 to 33 and 270 yards and a touchdown. Basically the best game of quarterbacking he's played in the last half of the season. Functionally um, it's probably his highest rating over that period. Um, but uh, no, I'm not going to give it to him. I'm going to give it to Sony Michelle. Cause he had again, 21 carries for 96, 95 yards, 90, Six, 96 yards. Yeah. Um, Very close more, to 100, but not 100. Not 100. But at the same time, he was the guy, and the rest of the Pats run game was the thing that the the Pats had going for them that they could go to. And like Frank was saying, like it wasn't killing them. wasn't killing the Bills, along at 25 for Michelle. Um, but it was the difference between four yards and five yards, and the difference between three yards and four yards is, is pretty big. Because if you can mm-hmm. get that consistently – then that's the that's that's enough to put you in third and two versus third and four, and those are the those are fairly big yards when you add them all up. Um, get the uh, get your um, any given Sunday speech out. I, did you guys read the? I will seize the floor here because I'm already on it. Did you guys read the oral history of any given Sunday? No, but it was, that's... On, it was on the Ringer and it was quite enjoyable. So I would recommend it for all you any given Sunday fans out there. Very good. Um, one more thing I forgot to say, I was happy to see Josh Allen complete long passes and he got two of them. So, um, and it's funny and I didn't, I haven't done the math on it yet. And he obviously is still probably below average, but it's one of those things where everybody kept saying, well, it's such a low percentage completion anyway, that it probably only takes like five or six long completions to get him back in like the, the right, you know, area of averages. So I wanted to point it out as some sort of just go down know, to that roulette wheel and double down. Those numbers point. are going to turn around eventually, right? Exactly. Well, I mean, just, fallacy, folks. 
I'm just saying it's one of those things where it could be that he's terrible, and it could be that you know he all of a sudden at the end of the year it straightens out because that when you, when you're dealing with such a small sample size, either yeah. is possible. Um, anyway, but I didn't do the math, so I'm not going to do that. And what did you want to say about about three stars for for the Jets game, if anything, Scott? Because oh, obviously, yeah. Well, we were discussing before the podcast how much we we're going to talk about the Jets game, and they they uh, the boys asked me if I was going to do three stars. And I said, no, no, I'm not going to do three stars. That was a useless game, a useless performance, pretty much by both teams. Um, some ridiculously useless celebrations from the jets for a bunch of turnovers against a bunch of backups. Get over it. You losers. Um, and so no, no, no three stars. I award them no points and may God have mercy on their souls. There you go. And actually that's going to be this week's, uh, heel turn. I think. Yeah, I was gonna say that should be a, a, that that's a perfect heel turn when it, when you know I'm trying to think of a Shooter McGavin reference here just to keep the circle going of Adam Sandlerness, but I can't. So you know I but that's oh that's you'll idea. pay <laughs> someday in May. Hey, should we go down and eat some hay? Maybe. Remember when Adam Sandler was funny a couple decades ago? Well, he has like some big open movie again anyway doing uh, this big, yeah it's an academy award right yeah something uh the bills had some injuries but i don't know the status of any of them did anybody see anything about yeah levi today? wallace sprained ankle uh day to day so we don't <laughs> see sprained ankle considering i thought he had hit, what was that uh i missed Scott's, yeah uh, yeah he's got a he's, sorry i had something in my throat there yeah <laughs> Yeah, the sprain in his ankle is what happens when the bone cuts through the tendon. <laughs> that's 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 part of that is technically a sprained ankle as well. They they insist it is merely a sprain. That's all I've heard on uh, that one. I didn't hear anything on Ty and Seki today, uh, and that's you know I, he looked good in his initial return, thinking eh, maybe he'll start splitting snaps with Cody Ford at right tackle again. But I guess that's not happening. In the one. <laughs> The one concern I have with the Wallace injury is so much normally in Joe Biscali made this point in our in the athletic, like the good news is the two injuries occurred at positions where the bills were already splitting time between two people, right tackle with Ford and Seki and the number two corner with Levi and Kevin Johnson. But if anyone knows Kevin Johnson, it's the team he spent all of his NFL career with until this year, which is, is Houston. So that's unfortunate, but you know, maybe that works both ways. I don't know. Um, yes, maybe, uh, the, so the bills, let's see, how should we, how, how are we going to go through this? The bills are going to play the Houston Texans Saturday at four 30 in Houston, um, as was predicted, um, because it was pretty much locked in. There was a slim chance that the, it might be against the chiefs. Um, and then we had to wait forever to find out what time because the Patriots lost and that screwed up all the, the, they wanted the Patriots in prime time. Um, and so that was, that, that's the skinny, that's the important skinny. I'm re-pulling up the, sorry, my wife is texting me. My neighbor's texting me. Something's on fire. Um, but what I want to talk about. Is it your about, house? Cause if so, you might want to. We should probably end the podcast. Right, no. yeah. Well, I'm, I'm here for you guys. Uh, but what I want to talk about now is the, as Paul likes to call it, the, the, the very philosophical question of where are we now? What is this team? They're 10 and six. Um, you know, this is the reg end of the regular season. We're not talking. We, it was a useless game on Sunday, but we didn't begrudgingly watch it 
the way we usually watch useless end of the season su- Sunday games. Uh, it was a different kind. Uh, we're not discussing whether McDermott or Bean should be fired. We're not talking about who's in the draft. Uh, we have a football game to look to Saturday. And so on one level, this is good. On another level, I'm open to, Paul, you get to go first. <laughs> sure. I'm open to the idea that things are not all rosy. Um, but I want to, I guess I want to be careful to go too far down that road because we do have a football game. So right. give me, and that's in that sense, just give me your honest thoughts on what this football team is now that a full 16-week season is done. And if you remember what you thought of them at the beginning of the year, um, try and do a comparison for us. That that is perfect, and you set that up very well because you talk. Well, about I some I positives. do get paid, so right. Oh well, there you go. Then you are the leader of the podcast. <laughs> Where's this trickle down economics I hear about? Because uh, it's 1984 right That's now. That's what all those ads on the podcast are paying. Though. Yeah, man. Son of a bit. We'd only know. Uh, but Frank talked about there being a lot Brought of positives. Brought to you by by Hims. Hims <laughs> is here to fix your dick. Anyway, go ahead. Hopefully that was deck. Uh, yes. So the uh, you, you set up with the positives followed by the negatives there. And I think that's perfect because I'll focus mainly on positive stuff. And I'm sure Scott will then crap on the season. Absolutely. So, you know, it works out well. I am proud to go back to what I thought at the beginning of the season because somebody actually pulled up our preseason predictions. Yeah. I predicted them. Anyone remember the record I predicted for that? I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not yeah. going to remember any of this. So you sure. can play the game, but or you. Yeah. Sure. I picked them to Paul go 10 they'd and 6. I predicted they go 14 and 2. Yeah. 14 and 2 is my season. St- I picked them to win this week, so, and they lost. So uh, I on predictions, I was 14 and 2. As far as the Bills' record goes, I picked them 10 and 6. Uh, so I can say I saw this coming. You guys weren't beh- far off. Frank was 9 and 7. Scott was 8 and 8. Uh, with how we felt the game this season. We all kind of felt that they had an easy schedule. We all weren't sure if they'd really turned a corner and if the free agent additions were enough to improve this team. I think it's pretty safe to say the free agent additions have immensely improved this team, especially on offense where you can say, okay, and they now have a an average to maybe slightly subpar, like 17th or 18th ranked offensive line, which is a hell of a lot better than like the 30th, 31st ranked offensive line we saw last season. So substantial improvements there. Josh Allen was giving, he was given some playmakers on offense with John Brown and Cole Beasley, not world beaters, but except for Robert Woods, the two most productive people who've been involved with the bills in the last five, six years, I would say as a wide receiver, they had the two, two best seasons of, of anyone really, uh, except for woods. So they did help to, to improve at that end, the draft picks. Um, obviously they're all still up in the air cause it's, it's too early at this point. You have to be happy with the contributions made by Ed Oliver toward the end of the season. You had to be happy with the contributions made by Devin Singletary at the end of the season. And I think what's most important is they've talked about this, you know, th- this culture of, of expecting to win, but recognizing how hard it is to win every week. And I think that was almost reflected in their their games each and every week. There weren't they didn't start, you know, putting opponents away really until the, the second half of the season. But we saw some games where they started to pull away and that's how you want them to develop. We saw a team that went six and two 
on the road. And the two losses were the very close one to the Patriots. And then I don't remember the other one. So I'm going to ramble on for a minute now. They did lose the Browns. The Browns. Thank you. Uh, Another game where they played it close. So I think this is the progress we were promised. Now, they didn't have a difficult schedule this year. Uh, We probably talk a little bit about next year's schedule, maybe at some point. It's slated to be tough for next year. Of course, free agency and the draft happens. So who knows how these teams will be. But the schedule on paper looks a lot tougher with the NFC West and AFC West coming up, as well as games against second place opponents. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what happens going into next season. As Frank said, let's not analyze that too much because we got a game left. But as far as where they are right now, I think we were promised progress. I think we were told this was a playoff team. And with about four weeks left in the season, we agreed this was a playoff team. Then it was made official with two weeks to go when we were all in Pittsburgh. So I think they are exactly where they promised us, if not ahead of schedule. And, and that leaves me with a feeling of, of some positive, a uh, little bit of optimism right now. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, to, to compare, yeah, I mean, I think I was skeptical that, the offense would have improved as much as it did. And I think that was probably, um, I think I probably didn't quite understand how bad the offense was at various points <laughs> last year. Uh, because, I don't think any of us did, because we were blinded by Allen's brilliant, like highlight plays, you know, his highlight yeah. plays kind of overshadowed just how crappy. Yeah. Well, it was, it was, a, like, it was a good year to sort of be like, okay, well, infinite upside right like we didn't have to like there was some reason to believe something good was happening and so we didn't have to poop ourselves being and it was and it was such a bizarre transformation too of Allen because if you had told me that Allen was going to change completely this year I would have been like well he'll uh throw 40 interceptions and 10 touchdowns and that would have been oh well he got a lot worse it's like no, no 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 and he didn't do that Oh, so we throw like 40 touchdowns and five interceptions. And you're like, no, 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 he didn't do that. And he's like, he's just going to turn into Tyrod Taylor. Like that is the one that I wouldn't have expected. And I don't, and I don't, I'm, that's a bit of a overgeneralization, but functionally like two, you know, two touchdowns a game. He's a younger, cheaper Tyrod Taylor. <laughs> with, <laughs> two with, touchdowns a game. With still upside. Like who could with, still yeah, get with better. With some upside. I'll, I'll give him that. And he still could get better. But I did not expect him to completely transform his game into functionally game manager Josh Allen, which, again, is is fine for what this team is trying to build, the complementary football that everyone always talks about in the Bills front office. Um, that I don't think anyone could have expected coming into this season. I think you could have seen either of those two extremes and people would have been like, OK, I believe that. But just to kind of see him turn into, I don't say Joe Average, but, you know, a mediocre NFL starting quarterback, mediocre in the true sense of the word, of as, as being like unremarkable in some ways. Miles um, Manor, Clark Kent, right? Like instead exactly. of exactly, <laughs> he put on the glasses, put on the tie, went to the Daily Planet, and started working. Which I That's bring up happened. because because in the Jets game, Matt Barkley yelled out Lois Lane as one of the <laughs> uh, audible line calls, and I loved I it. That. Yeah. Yeah. That was um, a brilliant moment. So, you know, Josh, Josh Allen does his, does his work as Clark Kent and, you know, the free world keeps spelling spinning and yeah. And then as Paul points out, the rest of the offense kind of caught up. I think I underestimated how good the wide receivers would end up being. Um, John Brown, I thought had some potential, but I didn't think he was going to be 
a number one wide receiver, which I think functionally he is at this point, not that we don't need more talent there. Um, I think I was pretty much right on track with where I thought the offensive line would be in, in that it was better, but it is certainly not a good offensive line. Um, again, as, as Paul pointed out, the, the kind of the grades and the rankings put it solidly kind of in the middle of the pack in the NFL, which is an improvement, but is not good enough for a playoff team in many respects. Um, and the defense, I think, obviously banged up a little bit here and there with Harrison Phillips, um, that being a, a tough pill to swallow, obviously, but I don't think anyone saw Jordan Phillips coming along either as turning into the nine and a half sack guy that he is. Um, I think I'm a little disappointed that Oliver didn't do as well, but there were other pieces to the puzzle that kind of filled in the gaps a little bit. Um, so I, I think the defense is, continues to be good. I think they will have to, they are going to be going undergoing a, a transition kind of as we move on here. Um, I think the Trent Murphy experiment has failed. I think Jerry's going to have to get mm-hmm. get gone at some point. But again, those are off-season things we'll get to later. Yeah, I I, I agree. Um, <clears throat> I think that if you uh, had a range, I, I mean, you think about the range. We we used to joke that like, you know, seven to nine to nine and seven. Pick pick any of those things, and it, that that's the Bills team. And even the seven and nine team could have been a nine and seven team if it farted differently uh, mm-hmm. throughout the year. Um, and I think this year was a, a a season that wasn't like that. It wasn't a seven to nine and nine and seven team. It was it was probably a nine to twelve win team. Or, you know, a 9-11 to 11 win team. And they were always going to get 9 wins in some ways. And and there was a ch- there was a good chance at 11. And really, like, if, if they had anything to play for in weeks, you know, the final week, I think that it looked, it certainly looked like they could have handled the Jets. I mean, the Jets did nothing. Um, and, and that was with the Bills not really trying. And so I think that, yeah, like, it's on, it, it was... On the opti- it ended up on the optimistic end of things, and it was not only that, but they also um, exceeded sort of what was a reasonable optimistic goal. And so, to me, there there is that. I think that when I talk about upside, I uh, on the offense, I think that you're right. Like you know, the the line improves, but certainly the line needs to improve more. I think that we might find. What I'm hoping for is that we are finally past the point of needing an aged. Uh, offensive player to be a guru you know maybe there's a chance that next year they say okay well we've got experience now and we don't need someone in here guiding the young kids who don't know about right Right? there's the right i call i call one position the tig running back which is the slightly over the hill running back well no the completely over the hill running back who will finish his career with the bills Average under four yards carry, never play again. I call this the take position uh, after Tolbert Ivory Gore. So right. maybe next year you can get, uh, you know, a TJ Yeldon is capable and older. Seven Singletary is older. And so you talk about the offensive line. Deion Dawkins is older now. So Le'Veon Bell be might be available. We'll have to get to that <laughs> in a minute, too. Um, but exactly. The point being that, you know, we won't need to bring in somebody to, you know, watch the kindergarten I, or, 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 you know, have the quote unquote experience in the room. Cause you know, we always, we always liked Frank Gore and we always wish we could play with him. So now we're going to bring him in cause I'm the GM and I'm the coach and we're going to just have fantasy football in the locker room because I look at TJ Yeldon and I don't think TJ Yeldon blew anyone's socks off, but 
he ran the ball forward, which is <laughs> which is more than Frank Gore has done at times this appeared, year. Appeared to be able to move side to side on occasion. <laughs> right, and and so maybe he figures into this team's plans next year, right? Like maybe he just goes forward with Singletary, and we don't need to get a new TIG, right? We don't need to get yes. a new. A That's new... the goal, because I I I'm running out of ways to you know redefine this acronym. Right. If, if we um, if we do. So you can you can do that. You can, I think the team, I think that the the pursuit of Antonio Brown makes clear that they understand that they need another wide receiver, if not Antonio Brown or someone on his level, but somebody. And so hopefully they would address that. And I think that if you're going to cross your fingers and trust that they can get something right uh, in a turnover year, it's the defense that they can say, OK, because I feel like the one thing that McDermott has done through the draft is he's really only brought in good defensive players. And even if you look at, at Oliver and say, well, I'm a little disappointed that he didn't live up to what I, you know, what I was, he was supposed to be. And I'll be interested after the year's over to go back to like pro football reference and see if, well, you know, honestly, he was actually doing well. He just wasn't getting some of the stat numbers. Um, but, but, but they've, they, I feel like they've done a good job on bringing defensive players in period i think that they've done a great job on that and i can't really fault them for anybody that they've taken or brought in on the defensive side yeah, um, even scotland she's a little disappointed by ad oliver but by the end of the season he was in the backfield he was disrupting plays like he was playing you know well at the very least sporadically when we would uh, right. watch it and that's better than whoever the heck they you know would have had his depth behind him you know otherwise um, if you and, and what I'd like to do now, though, is is I'd like to get to some of the news of the league because it is the end of the year. And if you are a fan of name puns, we are not going to go through it, Paul. But, oh, damn. But Freddie Kitchens was fired yesterday and go to our Twitter uh, MNY Bills on the Twitter and just look it up. And Paul and I went back and forth for a while coming up with replacements for Freddie Kitchens in in um, Doug in, living room. Yeah, Ted Living Room. See, we didn't come up with that one, but that's exactly what we did for a good ten or fifteen minutes. Scott okay. was doing All right. that. Well, that's, this um, is what I this is what I miss not being on Twitter. Oh, well. Exactly. You know, that's the that's the fresh content that you don't you don't get. And and bringing that up while I am getting to some of the news of the league, if either of you want to bring up questions from Twitter or Facebook, that would this is a good yeah. Time. We got we got none on on Twitter. I was disappointed. And, and Scott and I were both on our game today. Like I, I had not posted, even left yeah. for work. Well, you I know, we, we burned our fans last week by not posting. Yeah. So, you exactly. know, we, protest we, we do. So Freddie Kitchens was, is out. Um, and we should give at least one of our greatest hits. Frank, my favorite of yours was, was PD parlors. PD parlors. Yes. And I don't have it in front of me. Otherwise I would say one of my right. favorites. I, I liked stormy basements. You okay. Know, that was, that was, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Philip, Philip rivers looks like he might be gone. Um, the Dolphins parted ways with some some assistant coaches. Um, Ron Rivera is already in D.C. apparently eating dinner with Dan Snyder and Barack Obama. I'm not kidding. That was reported on 980 today um, that they're having dinner and he's going to be hired. Same dinner, dinner at the same place. He's not having two separate dinners. I don't I don't know. There's I, someone in the world who that's the answer to their question. If you could have dinner with any three famous people, living or dead, and that that would be. I that rich know, people. That is a, that is that is the scoregami of that question. There is <laughs> yeah, well, no well, we got to we got to I, I got to try to remember to bring up the forfeit question, which we also talked on Twitter. Yes, speaking of scoregami, um, I I I don't know what to do with that other than to, I wonder if 
if Obama is there urging Snyder to change the name of the team or really what I think it is, is rich people will always have something to talk about. They they get along much better than than we all think the they do doing today. Yes. Right. What are the poor is doing? Um, Adam Gase still has a job in New York or New Jersey, excuse me. But when he was asked today, I don't know if you saw the clip. They said, well, what do you do? You want to bring Le'Veon back for next year? His answer was not the coach answer. His answer was, well, he's under contract for the th- next three years. You can ask Joe, the GM, about it tomorrow. You can ask him tomorrow. That was his answer to a that reporter. Is... And that is just a fucking. I almost feel bad for like Sam Darnold because I like him and he is a good guy. But how in the hell you're expected to do anything with the New York Jets organization is just totally beyond well, me right now. And it's not just that. It's it's um it's that. And then apparently Adam Gase has a burner Twitter account where he's been saying terrible things. It might be his son's account, but he he was just absolutely trashing Le'Veon Bell on this other like oh, account. No. And it was it was something about like maybe you should have gone to practice instead of getting going to a threesome and getting robbed. It was it's I mean like if, oh, if it's if it's for real like associated That is with generally good advice though. I'll give him sure, that. Sure. But if it's is if it, it's is it? Eh, I don't know. Rather, I mean, that the, could be a whole off-season pod devoted the, to that it, one topic. Get robbed part certainly is like the. <laughs> that's what you were. You but, know. But, but how much did you get robbed of? You know, there's a lot of factors at play in. But I'm gonna go way off. Off. Uh, Antonio Brown was trashing the Steelers. Um, who else got fired? Jason Garrett has not been fired yet. Pat Shermer. Pat, Pat Shermer, Shermer was fired, and and the GM of the Giants was gone, or uh, the not yeah the GM is staying. Gettleman's staying. Um, I have not seen Doug Marone fired yet, even though the GM, um, the former Giants coach, what was his name? Pat Shermer? Oh, no. no. Oh, Tom Coughlin. Tom he, Coughlin was, he was fired long ago. He, well, only a couple weeks ago because well, they, yeah. yeah. they found out he was requiring people to rehab at, at the facility when he's not allowed to do that. Um, so, yeah. Um, who else? Who else got fired? Is that it? Um, is that it? Let's see. NFL coach is fired. Uh, we're going to use some of the Right. Really... But he's, he's president. He's in yeah. position. Yeah. <clears throat> and the Redskins had already fired Gruden. So he's he's been gone since like the beginning of the year almost. Yeah. Um, so that's, you know. Let's see. I think you got them all. We talked about Gruden. Talked about, yep. Uh, Browns dismissed Kitchens. Yep. And so, yeah, we, we covered yeah, them all. Browns Not as many speak, as normal. Browns want permission to speak to Brian Dable. So that was the first and only time I had heard. I think I would, you know, the caps did that. I know a story about the, the, the caps, um, denying the Sabres permission to talk to, uh, Todd Reardon, who's their coach now while Barry Trotz was there. And they just basically said, no, you can't. And, and that's like, sort of like, you don't do that. Like it's not a thing, but they did it and it worked out for them. And the, the, you know, anyway, um, so maybe you could just say no. Drugs, kids. Also, Brian Dable, you should stay because we're having fun here. Don't ruin it. I do like Dable. I think with as we none of us really touched upon him in our season recap, but he's worth mentioning. Like I know he comes under a lot of criticism, and there are points in games, even with the Steelers game. Scott and I were yelling for a minute about some of how he was overthinking <laughs> some of his play calls. 
but he's given the offense at least some sense of identity. You know, we're always going to threaten speed on the edge with these potential jet sweeps. Uh, you know, we're going to, you know, I feel like there's a lot of well-designed <clears throat> plays and I think he does a good job of playing to his players' talents, even though they only average 19.7 points a game this year. Uh, I think that's a talent issue still more than it is and a development issue. I don't just want to say talent because I think with improvement by Allen and Singletary, it's not like they need a ton more personnel necessarily. So, you know, I'm I'm a, I'm a I'm a pro Dable guy. Were we were we having the discussion where or maybe it was I was having it with someone else, but it seems like there are two types of offensive coordinators. They're basically offensive coordinators who don't know what the hell they're doing and just run the same stuff over and over again. Don't change it for their players. They just say, this is my system and I'm going to run it and I'm going to bring in players that run it. And if they don't know how to run it, I'm just going to bring in new guys who I think know how to run it. That's it. And then there's guys who are creative who will try and find new systems and try and work with their players and work with what they have. But then they get too creative and then they suddenly start turning into like, but we're going to run a double reverse and then throw the ball. And then you're like, that's probably too clever by half. And I feel like I'd much rather have those guys than the ones who were just like, well, no, we run the ball. That's what we do on our team. Um, so I think Dayball definitely follows in that category. He gets a little too cute by half sometimes, but I will take that over. Let's just, you know, this is yeah, my system and I don't know how to manipulate it. Yeah, we had touched on that. And I think the nice thing about that kind of guy is that they have the opportunity to, to learn and say, well, that didn't work. Whereas the other guy is specifically like purposefully not learning right like he's going nope this is what we do but it's not i need need more durs in that kind of uh explanation but yes (laughs) this is what we do um yes so that's that's that i any other news of the league that tickled you or i mean the league finally after all this time baseball beat them to the punch long ago they have their first 30 30 player Yes. Yes. <laughs> Good job, Jameis. And I Jameis. and I would take him over Tyrod Taylor. I don't know what to tell you, but <laughs> I like to me that's like only it's some exciting. of those. It's exciting. You might lose, but at least you're gonna I love, lose. I love, some of those interceptions turned into points. Like you know, I, like, so, I love so how he literally like, lost his last game in overtime on a pick six. Yes, yeah, that I feel was like that's the most Jameis Winston thing ever. All the olds were very happy to scold him. They were all very happy to be like, well, um, la-di-da. Uh, yeah, I, 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 you know, I, I was happy to see Bill Belichick upset, uh, too. That was always nice. The, the, we didn't do enough to win. Great. It's on to wherever we're, Tennessee. He had a little meltdown in the, in the press conference. That's what he tends to do. By the nice. way, if you look at... Uh, this is just kind of funny about Jameis Winston. We talk about wanting to see Allen get to 300 yards. How many games this year do you think Jameis Winston failed to get to 300 yards? None. I think he always threw 300 yards. Not two. What? Yeah, it was four. But even still, like that's like saying like if he his fifth worst game was 18 of 28 or 30 of 51 for 313 yards, two touchdowns, four picks. And I'm like, that would be, we would talk about that on performance, the good and the bad of it for like a month. <laughs> Me and Frank would be dead. Whereas Jameis, that's just like a middle of the road game. For the street. <laughs> it was a you good game. You, sir, are a coward and a laggard. <laughs> <laughs> but he threw for yards. But he's an asshole. Pistols at dawn. <laughs> um, my honor. The, the playoffs are set. The, the Bills, as we said, will play Houston. We'll get to that in a minute, uh, where we might or might not address 
Duke Williams. Uh, the Patriots, for the fourth time, will have to play in the wild card round. And spoiler alert, they have not won a Super Bowl starting in the in the wild card round. I don't think they've made a Super Bowl. No, and that's the hope because they have a chance this year to be the only the second team in history to win four straight conference championships. This right. is the one thing we still have over that damn team. So. Yeah, I don't think anybody thinks about it like that. I, yeah. I don't think that's a thing, the way that you think it's a thing. But, ah, I, <laughs> but, I, but I, I applaud your effort to really squint there. <laughs> as I pour more bourbon, more Four Roses, brought to you by Four Roses. Um, Baltimore gets a bye, and so does Kansas City by virtue of New England's failure. Tennessee with Ryan Tannehill. Like, different team, right? Like, kind of a good team and here i am uh lamenting the fact that i am not only rooting for tennessee because i, I have my problems with tennessee but now ryan nana 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 hill is also <laughs> you know how how long have we did we beat him up and how many times did we talk about what a garbage quarterback he is and you know he finishes finishes the season with 114 quarterback rating in tennessee yeah i feel like i don't like being shown to be uh, incorrect about anything, so I'm hoping he is just a flash in the pan. But I'm hoping he flashes for at least one more weekend. Here. Yeah, right, right. Well, two, maybe, maybe we could get him to. Host yeah. a, maybe we could host one in in Buffalo. If. Uh, but then that risks him beating us in Buffalo uh, to go to the Super Bowl, and that is a risk I can just not afford to take. All so right. They need to be New England, and then fall. Well, to good Buffalo. for you. Okay, good. All right. Any thoughts on that, Scott? Or. No. Okay. Um. This day in Bill's headlines, and then let's let's spend some time on the on the Houston game. All right. So we are going to uh, today's December 30th. For those of you who keep track of this stuff and you should know what day it is. All right. So here we go. First headline from 2017. The lone Bengal ex Cincy wide receiver blank says his former team is prepped to help Bills on Sunday. Blank said, they're up for this game. You know, any given Sunday, anything can happen. So hopefully they pull it off. This was a current, a then current, excuse me, Bills receiver who had played for Cincinnati. To give you the hints, he was uh, North Carolina, round three pick of the Patriots. He played for the Pats in 09 and 2010. Bengals from 11 through 15. Bills in 16 and 17. And then he played very briefly with the Saints last year and has been out of the league since. TJ Hushmanzada. It's good a guess as any, even though he was never Bill. Because yeah, this, is, yeah. this, this is just my, like, it's a name you're going to know when I say it. Uh, here's a stupid hint. Uh, he's only, he's he's not very tall. I kind of want to look up his, his height right now. Um, but one could even say he is, oh, he's 6'1". He is, he's for a football short. player, though, but he I'm, is a, he's, he is a little man. Greg Little. Jimmy Short. Would, would come after Little Man. <laughs> Steve Squat. Tiny, tiny Lister. <laughs> wow, going back to Zeus from way. Yeah, back. I can't believe you you knew where I was going. Okay. Oh, I, I did exactly. Danny Diminutive. You guys remember a movie with Jodie Foster in the Silence early... of the Short Lambs. <laughs> chops, lamb yeah. chops, lamb chop. Was it lamb <laughs> chop? This has gone off the rails fast. Contact well, low. I got to put an end to it. I'm sorry, All right. man. Brandon, no. Brandon Little Tate. Man Tate. Remember that movie? No. All right. Okay, we're going to forget that happened. All right, 2016, let's get some death involved. Former Buffalo Bills safety blank dies at age 39. 
So the safety played for the Bills from 1999 to 2001. He started 22 games during his time in Buffalo and recorded a career-high five interceptions in 2000. Following three seasons in Buffalo, he would go on to play with the Falcons for three years, and he finished his career with 14 interceptions, 18 passes defended, and one defensive touchdown. When did he start playing for the Bills? 1999. I think you'll know the name. You'll you'll remember when he passed because it was a weird set of circumstances where he was just like walking down the street and then you know dropped and that that was that i don't know if it's coming up later but a a a wall of fame bill passed this week too or a yes it's not coming up later but yeah we can write we should mention albert Albert okay yeah i didn't want to like ruin an answer for later no no i appreciate the caution there but yeah he's not on the the list this Um, week one of one of the best bills receivers in history anyone who's a fan of bill's history needs to look up about you know more about golden wheels golden wheels to benyon um yeah i don't know this is i'm gonna be 0 for 2 here yeah, all right he shares nothing. a name with a bills former bills kicker a last name with a former bills kicker so christy norwood uh deluiso um, wow you guys went wait you named every bills kicker in the 90s right there christy norwood and brad deluiso this is from a uh, kicker from the i believe 2010s lindell uh carpenter carpenter keon carpenter keon okay well rest in peace keon carpenter all right here's the next two you've got easily so uh we'll see i feel like i just jinxed it 2015 blank there's no way they can lose (laughs) blank a welcome surprise for bills he says i've always had this confidence it was a matter of an opportunity and the bills gave me a hell of an opportunity Blank said after Sunday's win in which he made his first career start in place of the injured McCoy. Fred Jackson? 2015? 2015 backup. Never has made his first career start in 2015. So this is past Freddie. Back up to LaShawn McCoy. God. (laughs) Went on to play for the... The Patriots for a little bit. Don't know what he's doing now. Why are we so fucking bad at John? It was. Um, I mean, this. Is, I feel like so, I feel like Brett. When I came up with no, Brett, I can I like, can see him. He was the guy who had like he'd have like hair. one huge no he <laughs> he'd have like one huge run every game and we'd be like why isn't he playing more right, and then he went to New England. Career, he had 148 carries for 844 yards and 11 touchdowns. That is an average of 5.7 yards a carry. And I can't remember his name at all. I, I, rem, I, can, I can see us being angry that he wasn't playing more. Because I remember that he would like, he would get like like a ridiculous run every time. And like, why we And anyway. All right. The answer. I'm just doing chief league of lines in my head right now. So. Courage. Mike Gillisley. Mike Gillisley. Gillisley. Damn it. All right. Yes, everyone's everyone's fired if you don't get this one. God. 2014. Blank. Not expected to use contract out. This, however, league sources familiar with the situation said the clause was included when the Bills hired Blank in 2013 as a safeguard because of Doug the... Doug Marone. There Doug we go. Gosh. Oh, I was so worried. I was going through layers that had like a fifth year option. And I'm like, that's about when, when CJ <laughs> is. Doug Marone uh, is the ultimate slump buster. So we are on it. 
All right, this is the one that's going to cause me to go back into the uh, training this week, the harassment training. Yeah. 10, Brett Favre fined 50K by, this is a stretch called this a Bill's headline, but it was in. Jen Sturger. Jen Sturger. Frank needed no more hints. <laughs> the, Florida, the Florida State chick with the helmet who now is on, uh, she has a show on radio.com or something. It's Swings and Misses, MRS. Follow her on Twitter? What's going on here? No, she's always in a like radio ad with her baseball. She has a she's married to a baseball pitcher now. Uh, and uh, at the time that he Brett Favre allegedly, I don't know that we proved this conclusively or if it was admitted to, so let's just stick with allegedly, but I believe her. Uh, Brett Favre had sent her a, a dick pic uh, on his phone uh, when he was a Jet and she was covering the Jets. Um, but she rose to fame when Brent Musburger basically ogled her on national television in the crowd. She was just in the crowd at a Florida State game. Uh, you know, That was like, her? Yeah, that's yeah. her. I remember uh, that game. That's, I mean, Brent did that a fair bit, so I, I guess that right. could have been. He, yeah, but she, she was like, a, like, like <clears throat> her and her girlfriends used to wear like, like the cowgirl hat with like a crop top FSU thing, and it was like, I think they did it more than one game, but like, like her first I don't want to call it her big break, but it was a big deal when like, like Musburger did. It was right at the dawn of YouTube, you know, where like we could just yeah. watch it forever that he was a total pervert. <laughs> um, so uh, anyway, yeah. So I followed her career because it always baffled me that she had one. Um, but, you know, she does all right as a sports caster personality, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it's it kind of surprised me that like the first one you uh, guys get right. That's not totally obvious. Is Jen Sturger? So you know, uh, kudos. Oh, I'm exactly. Slam dunk. And you knew yeah. all these details, Frank. Kudos to you on that. All right. Uh, <laughs> Two thousand nine. Right, <laughs> Aaron Andrews. She doesn't. <laughs> no. No. Uh, Two thousand nine. Um, Bill's bird named a Pro Bowl. So this is a headline about Jairus Bird, but we have some stuff in the sub headline that will be trivia fodder. Mm-hmm. Bird becomes the first rookie defensive back in team history and third overall since 1970 to be selected to the Pro Bowl, joining running backs Joe Cribbs and Greg Bell. He's the first Bills defensive back to be selected since blank in 2004. 2004. It has to be Antoine or Nate, right? Yeah, I'll say nasty Nate Clements. Nasty Nate Clements, it is. So, all right, that's all right. So, I feel like you guys needed the warm-up questions. We just had to go back a a decade before these started to, you know, click. Ask me more about weird internet celebrity. (laughs) (laughs) There's one coming up for 2005, but right now we're going to go to 2006. Um, Hiring blank a key to holding the line. This is a Baltimore Sun headline about the Baltimore Ravens offensive line assistant. And they were about to play the Bills the coming weekend. And this is definitely a Bills headline. Now. Turk. No. You're you're thinking on the right path, though. Brian Dable. Greg Roman. Greg Roman. Ah. He was an offensive line assistant. He was fired at the end of 2007, was the. Uh, Holy Spirit High School offensive coordinator in 2008, worked his way back up through the college ranks into the NFL, became the Bills offensive coordinator. And now, of course, he's he and Lamar having some fun over in Baltimore. That's crazy. Jeez. All right. Here's from high school to. Offensive yep. 
And it's crazy. Yeah, NFL, and then the next year in high school after he's fired, and then gradually worked his way back up to an, one of the oh, uh, guy who's interviewing for head coaching jobs right now. <clears throat> All right. 2005. I mentioned not really an internet celebrity, but someone who's gone into the media since his career ended. Bills play safety blank on IR. So this is 2005. Um, after his career, he served as a game analyst, studio analyst, and online writer for Fox Sports before joining CNN in 2015 as a full-time anchor. Oh, Coit Wire. Coit Wire. Yeah. You've asked. We, we've had that conversation before. Uh, I okay. Had, I, yeah, but that's good. That's good. Because okay. I got it. 2002. Blank free but not really. All right. Still, blank will be a wanted man. Buffalo could be a possible destination. Bills fans called openly to blank during the game, leaving a good taste in his mouth about this trip to Western New York. For the second straight week, blank played a top flight game, leading the Bengals with 12 tackles, a yeah. half of a sack, a forced fumble and a fumble recovery. I've got it. Do you want to, do you want to take us? Uh, to to yeah. Good job, Scott. And Frank, I'm sure you need that too. All right, now the rest of this is this is just going to be chaos order for these these last ones. So, yes. d- this was a crazy day in Bill's history. I won't go through the details, but like Marv Lee retired on this day in '99, Ken Howard retired in '96. But right now we're going to do a fun little hodgepodge from 1992. Just you're going to start yelling out player names. So here we go. Blank is, is Bill's biggest question mark. It says the Buffalo Bills list six players as questionable for Sunday's wild card playoff game against Houston. It says Blank is still bothered by the pulled hamstring that kept him out of last weekend's game against the Oilers. So I'll give you some positions and you'll start yelling out names. We have a linebacker, a cornerback, a safety, two wide receivers, and someone who's just called a special teams ace, but was really a wide receiver. Okay, Steve Tasker. Steve Tasker. All right. Uh, I think that Don Beebe. Don Beebe is another. James Lofton. He's a wide receiver for the Bills, then, but he was not the one named. Is the the other wide receiver named? He had a like he was known for a kickoff return against the Raiders for a touchdown, but he didn't do much else in his Bills career. He played in ninety through ninety two though. Okay, come back to him. Um, so we had a safe. So we still have safety a safety. Would have been the guy who replaced uh, Kelso when he left. It was Leonard Smith and this guy, and right before Henry Jones got there. Damn it! I was gonna say Henry Jones, so I guess that's not him. Um. Um, Michael Dukakis. Uh, he was 88, of course. 92 would have been uh, Billy. So then Perot. Perot would have been tired. You know what? I think focus on the cornerback. I think you guys can get the <laughs> cornerback. Or not. That's fine. How about the uh, linebacker? Kirby. Uh, Kirby Jackson, yeah. Kirby, yes. yeah. So we'll go with Kirby. Um, I was well, I was going to say Kirby Jackson. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, so we need the wide receiver and the safety. Wide receiver, safety, and a linebacker. The main guy in the headline was a linebacker. Shane Conlon. Keep going. Cornelius Bennett. There you go. Cornelius okay. Bennett. So you got got him. So these will be tough. Okay, the... so it was the wide receivers at that time. It was Reed and BB and Lofton were one, two, and three. And yep, this guy Tasker was, is this five. Guy in Tecmo, yeah, this guy was in Tecmo Super Bowl as the Bills' number four receiver. Damn it. So he was in a video game, so he was a real player. Oh, I, I feel like I can see his face, and I can't think James, of James Brown, Washington, Williams. <laughs> if you keep going through common last names, you will land on this guy. Smith. <laughs> Thomas. 
Um, Miller. You talked about, okay, uh, Scott, you just named an unsuccessful Democratic candidate for president. How about an unsuccessful Democratic candidate for vice president? Ferraro. Gore. <laughs> um, Kane. One who, uh, one who is not expected to carry the ticket. Oh, John Kerry. John. John Kerry? How do you guys know Geraldine Ferraro? And you can't <laughs> name the Democratic vice president shell candidate from 2004. Sorry. Yeah, who was who was Kerry lined up with? The the presidential candidate for the Democrats in the 2004 election. I stated was Dennis, I before John Kerry. Yep. And this guy, the Howard scumbag, did... wife had cancer, was cheating on her like oh, crazy. John Edwards. Died. John, John Edwards. So Al Edwards. Is Al the... Edwards. Yes, <laughs> Al Edwards. Yeah. Well, you're right. He's he's not like he's definitely the forgotten receiver. He's the he fifth. Is. He's the seventh Beatle. All right, and then the safety. The safety. Need... The last hint I can give really is you might remember that Ray Bentley wrote a book about a certain dinosaur, uh, blank the dinosaur, no, and that no, dinosaur no. has the same name as this. Barney. Bill's. Darby actually is the dinosaur. Oh, that Darby is the same. Yeah, that's right. All right, that was exciting. I'll do one quick one just for you guys to go out on. On this day in 1990, the Bills lost to Washington and rested all of their starters. We saw the very similar scenario play out uh, today. The Bills did throw. The Bills quarterback did throw two touchdown passes that game. You know who was that Bills quarterback? Frank Reich. Not Frank Reich. Jim Kelly. Kelly is a starter. He didn't play. The guy who did is the only player in NFL history who was on five consecutive Super Bowl teams and none of which his team won. He played for San Diego and actually got in the Super Bowl. They got creamed by the uh, 49ers in. And he was the Bills' third stringer behind Reich and Kelly for five seasons. Moses Malone. Oh, Man, I'm really, really mad that I don't know who the third string quarterback oh, okay. was. All right. I'll You're going to say his name and I'm going to be mad because I'll know him. Yeah, Gail Gilbert. Gail Gilbert. No, I don't think I would have got that ever. All right. Well, I completely good. forgot about Gail Gilbert. So there you go. All right. Well, that was this day in Bill's headlines on uh, December 30th, gentlemen. Nice. Ooh. Well, thank you very much for yeah, no another excellent season of preparing all of these. Um, and we'll have at least one more. We will. Um, you know, and, uh, well, you know, we, we, we I'll get to do some playoff highlights and, you know, some other cool stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, the Bills play the Houston Texans. Uh, they are a good football team. They have their flaws. They are um, offensively. How would we describe them offensively? They are. They've got all, talented but inconsistent. Good I, playmakers, not good grinders. You know, just something. I feel are. like they're Baltimore light, right? They have like a dynamic quarterback with some things. And Deshaun Watson can make things happen, but they're not Baltimore offensively. And defensively, they're not awful. They're not superior. They're good. They're not. The the defense, I think, has been the weaker point of their team, from my understanding. Yes. The limited amount of research that I've done. Mostly getting by on the strength of their offense. Okay. Um, and so the Bills go in. With an excellent defense, second only behind the Patriots in points. And, you know, basically, like you can 
you can look at them and and they're they're at the top five of just about everything except for maybe rushing defense. Um, and they are tasked with corralling um, the the Texans' offense, and then the Bills hope to you know exploit the weaker Houston defense. Um, some questions get brought up. The, the Texans are only a three point favorite at home, so there it's it's essentially a pick 'em as far as as Vegas is concerned, because that is is uh, you know what the home court home field advantage is. The other weird thing is that the the Super Bowl odds today I heard on the radio. Uh, basically, the the Bills are thirty five to one to <laughs> win the Super Bowl, and the Texans are forty to one. Yeah, so, so the Texans are favored by Vegas to win this game, but the Bills are a stronger chance of winning the Super Bowl per Vegas. So if they if they get through this game, apparently they they figure they're a little better than than Houston. Um, so I'll I'll give it up to you, but I do want you both to touch on the the question. Uh, burning on many a WGR fan's mind. Why aren't we going to start Duke Williams, who <laughs> had 100 yards receiving in the Jets game, uh, and or TJ Yeldon over, say, Frank Gore? Um, and, you know, why wouldn't you take out Andre Roberts, who uh, I think by any account has had a disappointing season um, and, and, leads, and leads the league in punt return yeah, yards? Except as a returner. He's been okay as a returner, but. Eh. Did he do anything Seems special? Like, thing. like he just, yeah, I don't know. Just because he didn't that's, run that's, one back. Well, we could do that's great, Scott. But Robert. they've also forced. I bet if you looked up how many punts they forced, it was probably like amongst the most punts forced. Because at the beginning of the year, they were going to go to per return average on our. Don't make me Google this, Frank. Yeah, I'm going to make you Google it. His season average this year was. Uh, I have had to Google it now. Uh, Twenty-eight and a half yards per punt kick return. That's that's pretty good. Fine. He's okay on special teams. Great. But why aren't we getting Duke Williams, who had 100 yards with Matt Barkley throwing? Right. I think Frank's point is, why is he isn't that, isn't guy that who has three valuable. catches for 20 yards all season for the Bills probably going to be active at Duke Williams' expense? Well, but, Duke Williams doesn't play on special teams, so that is reason one. Like, he just doesn't play on them. Like, that's mm-hmm. that's like Robert Foster plays on special teams. He's a gunner. Isaiah McKenzie plays on special teams. He's like the backup punt returner. So we have to have those two guys on there. Andre Holmes is the best kickoff returner in the league, arguably, or punt returner, depending Andre on who Roberts. you're talking to. Andre Holmes is Andre Roberts, uh, another his name uh, is. guy who's going to be on the same Bills headlines, let me, I'm sure. Let me, let me put it to you this way, then, in a, in a completely useless and unfair hypothetical. Would you rather have... Roberts on the field fielding punts in his usual and and as a receiver and whatever he gets he gets you can take that or you can fair catch every punt and have Duke Williams on the field uh Roberts I don't know man this is like the worst game of fuck Mary kill ever <laughs> he, is the, he is the fourth uh best punt returner per yards in the league this year. all I'm saying is he better return one for a touchdown in this game right <laughs> This is kind of like there was an argument when C.J. Spiller was used on kick returns. Like, why are they doing that? He's going to get hurt, blah, blah. And then he ran one back. And I remember one Buffalo sports reporter being like, delete tweet, delete tweet, because he had just said, this is ridiculous. It's Spiller's out there. And then he took it to the house. I I like Duke Williams. I think think the biggest argument that you have for Duke Williams is that he is a skill set that doesn't exist on the bills as currently constructed in the receiver core. And I get that. But I don't know that we use it enough 
I think, I think, yes, sometimes it'd be nice to have the big bodied wide receiver in the, in the end zone to throw it. But frankly, we don't throw it that much in the end zone. Anyway. And, and you could say it's because we don't, we don't have the receiver to do it. I would also say we probably don't trust Josh Allen to throw them enough. So that's the other part of it. Yeah. He's I, also, I'm, okay. I'm not actually that worked up about it. I just wanted okay. to push the no, question. It's, it's a fair it's question. A fair... I think it came up on Facebook. That was the Facebook question is, is Duke Williams going to get a start on Sunday? Or get on the get on the squad on Sunday. Now someone and said I, that with um somebody with Levi Wallace down, he's a special teamer. But well, with with Andre Roberts is I mean Andre Roberts we're not even sure if he's coming back yet for the game against Houston. If he's out and they for some reason don't dress uh, Duke, there there should be some you know some uproar over that because yeah. he's at least a guy who you know can contribute on offense more than anyone else who is typically a healthy scratch. Right. Yes. No, I agree with that. Roberts is ninth in punt returning. Um, yeah, no. And then on, on Yeldon, I I guess the theory would be I would hope that Frank Gore is slightly less fumble prone, but I would still probably give the ball to Yeldon. I think you'd, you're going to need to score points in this game, and you got to have your best players on the field do that. So um, I think that's probably Yeldon. I guess that's I guess that scores one still really good talent is like you can really trust him to not fumble the football in at the end of the game. But the Bills are so rarely going into the end of the game with a, a surefire lead that it I mean, how helpful is it? Right. So, yeah. And you're telling like Singletary's biggest problem, I think, is like with all kind of not with all rookie running backs, but with many young running backs, you just you lose focus. You don't understand. You, you forget your your trying to get extra yards or trying to do too many things at the end of the game. That's the one thing you tell them. It's the end of the game. Don't fumble. Like you don't, you have to restate that with other things on other, on other downs, but that's the one time you do. And I would imagine that he has, it's not, it's not a strength or technique issue with Singletary. It's just a, it's just a mental focus and repetition. issue. Awesome. I like this. Okay. Um, the, so we're waiting to find out if TJ Watt's going to play. Is that right? Because he's JJ Watt. JJ Watt. If TJ Watt's going to play, we have real problems. Yeah. Right? There's been a trade, and they got both of them. In which Son case, of their power, their powers unite. Which we could, we could they have become problems. right. Then they become like Mecca Watt. Oh, Watt. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Mecca Watt. Oh boy. Uh sorry. That was. I I like puns. Yes. Paul, you haven't. You haven't. And I, you, you know. Have, you I feel like much. Scott did a good job adding this, and I think we should probably just get to, you know, the game generally and then talk about it since we're at like an hour 15 now. So. Yeah, sure. Bills 50, Houston 14. Um, I I like – no, not 50. Um, I like I, – I think that the, the if I could make one more plug for Duke Williams, yeah. and I don't know that I'm really advocating for him to be in the game because I certainly don't know if he's ready to be in the game. Um, and – if anything, the you know the coaching staff that's one game above or two games above 500 um, for their career probably ought to get the benefit of the doubt about who's playing and who shouldn't be playing. But I would say that if he is capable of catching the football, there's certainly not a lot of film on him, and that's kind of a, maybe a plus that you know they know what he can do, and and the Houston would sort of be at a, a bit of a loss for what he could do. And so if if they do think he can play, perhaps that's a that's a, a plus in their in their um in their favor but you know put that aside uh, i think the bills have been handling good offenses all year and and bringing them low i think that if you can it's going to be if you can keep 
Houston to under 17 or under, you know, under 20. And if you do that, then I think the Bills win. I think that, you know, Buffalo is primed to score. I think they're going to get their 17 points. And I think that there's a chance that Buffalo could score a little bit more. I'm really excited by the idea that I don't really believe anybody when they were saying they were preparing for the Jets game. <laughs> I think that they've been preparing for Houston for two weeks. And I, you know, and so I'm excited. I'm excited for that prospect. And I think that there's a good chance that that Buffalo will have a few things up their sleeve. And I'm hopeful that that means um, that Buffalo, you know, will go in and they'll score some some cheesy ass points. Um, and, and in that regard, I, I'm going to take the bills. I'm going to take them. I'm going to take them 28 to to. 20 i think i think that they're gonna they're gonna win by a score i don't think it'll be i I think it won't be that close i think that they'll have to you know play to the end but it will be uh, a game where the defense the buffalo defense is in control there's no reason to think josh allen's gonna wilt under the lights of a 4 30 afternoon saturday game after he's already you know done well in sunday night and thanksgiving day and he didn't shy away from the patriots and so I'm ready for them to play. And I kind of crap the bed in the first half, actually. Well, yeah, but he didn't crap the bed completely. And those were all one score games. So I don't know. I mean, like they, they, they figured it out. Right. So I, I, I believe that the bills will be able to figure this one out too. And I, and I, I like them. I think that they're a better team than Houston. So I'm taking them. Okay. I should go, I guess. Uh, yeah, uh, sure. You, you go for it. I'll, 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 I'll say the, I will also pick the bills to win. What are you going to do? I, pick the season to end? Come on. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I'll do that next week. Um, the, <laughs> the, no, I think, I think they'll the new rule. If you pick the season to end and they win, you can't be on the podcast the following week. You have, <laughs> you have to sit in the box of shame. Damn it. Why did we make Frank the leader? I don't know why we did that. Paul. <laughs> I didn't even know we'd done it until like an hour ago. So it's, you know, total news. I made myself the leader. <laughs> Seize control in a coup. Just take um, what you want. <laughs> call you Lord uh, Mountbatten. Uh, I am worried about this game because I'm. I don't like our chances if we get into a shootout. Um, obviously the Texans' offense is better. Um, but that said, the Texans have had games where they haven't played particularly well against you know decent defenses. I had the. As I bring it up, the, the the computer crashes and I can't bring up their scores. But they have had inconsistent games. Um, they, they've randomly lost to Denver. I'm sure the Houston fans will say, "Well, the Bills lost to you know Philly and Cleveland." Cleveland. Yeah. So it's not like we can't also throw up clunkers now and then. But I feel like in general we're, we're playing pretty well. I think uh, when I was reading a Barnwell column a couple of weeks ago, he was basically saying. You know, the Bills kryptonite is going to be a team that rushes the passer well, because that's something that Allen has kind of consistently had problems with to a certain extent is dealing with the big blitz, dealing with with dealing with pressure and the teams and the Houston is arguably the worst pass rushing team left in the league um, still in the playoffs. Um, Obviously, if J.J. Watt is back on Saturday, that is potentially going to change, but I can't imagine he's going to be tremendously effective eight weeks from, you know, torn pectoral surgery. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully you would think that he is not going to be J.J. Watt defensive player of the year, J.J. Watt. He'll just be kind of a guy. Um, obviously, I'm worried about the Bills' injuries. Um, I'm worried about the Houston wide receivers against what is now increasingly a depleted kind of um, Bills cornerback group. But I think we'll have enough to hang in there. Um, I think 
to me, it's about your bills really need to get to 28. I think that they can do it. They have, I actually went back to look at the bill scores and I'm like, Oh, I guess we did score like 28 and 31 at a couple points this year. seems like the last couple of weeks we've been, we've been stuck in that 17, 20 range. Mm-hmm. I don't know that that's going to get it done. I think Houston's probably going to be able to put up at least 21 or 24. I just think the bills can get to 25 or 26. So I will say, um, bills, uh, 26, uh, Texans 24. All right. Well, scores in the same range. I, uh, I'm also saying the bills in this one. I think they, you know, Scott outlined every concern you could possibly have about the problems the Texans could present to the bills, particularly with regards to the, if this does get into a shootout and with the problems that their passing game can propose and they have a good running game too. So you've got to try and defense has to bring its a game to this one. I feel like this defense brought their a game to Jacksonville a, a couple of years ago. And I, that was against an inferior offense. It's still one that had Leonard Fournette. I believe they were still a, a decent Jaguars team and one that put up a ton of points on the Steelers and then the Patriots in the playoffs the next couple of weeks. So I think the defense is going to bring that that A game this week. And I think the offense is going to do enough. I think this is going to follow very much, you know, the regular season pattern of games that they had. The only thing I would almost guarantee is I do not see either team pulling away in this one. I think they are too tightly matched. And therefore, I'm going to make it a one point game. I'm going to say the Bills 20 and the Texans 19. Mm. Same score of Super Bowl uh, 25. 25. Yep. Thanks. Yeah, thanks for bringing that up. No problem. So not a scoregami in case you're wondering. No, but you know what is what, what I found out is also not a scoregami. And, uh, and and this will lead into our closing of the show here. Uh, did you know that if a football team forfeits, the score is two to nothing? nothing. And, yeah. Yeah. And that is because the, there is nobody gets credited with the with the score that doesn't get, you know, safety doesn't get credited to any particular person's point total um but that the last time that there was a forfeit was in the 20s when the washington senators slash generals they kind of one of these teams that changed names in the middle of the year uh beat the rochester jeffersons uh by forfeit because rochester forfeited but because the referee didn't know the rule or he didn't remember the rule he scored it one to nothing and so Mm. there is in fact a one to nothing nfl score uh on the books and if you didn't know that you would have known that on sunday if you were following us on twitter mny bills uh because paul who runs it uh and i run a different twitter account that you don't have to know about um but i him and i talked on the twitters and and we looked it up and we discussed it right there on the Twitters. And so you would have been part of the conversation. You could have been part of the conversation. You could have been there participating and liking and retweeting and following along. And Saturday afternoon, wherever Paul's watching this game, which is the next yep. thing we got to figure out, by the way, um, <laughs> is uh, he's going to be tweeting about this game. So go ahead. Follow, give us a follow. MNY Bills. You can also go to Facebook.com backslash MNY. Why is it such a cumbersome name? Because that's what I chose and Facebook won't let me change it. Um, you can also search Buffalo Bills maybe next year. Anchor.com FM, uh, Anchor.fm slash MNY Bills. Uh, you know, look at all that stuff. You can go to what you can do is you can you can listen to an episode of uh, Bills and Beers and they'll probably mention us because we're awesome. And they mention us all the time on that show. And they're pretty good, too. Um, so hopefully they're they're picking the bill. I heard that they're not going to pick the Bills to win because they're such downers 
over there. Uh, you know, they're just, you know, constantly being communists, grum- communists and grumpy <laughs> about bills and hey, they don't even know where to put stickers on the car when they're getting them. It's it's a right shit show on that podcast, but you should give it a listen because it is kind of a good show. Um, but you can do that. Sorry, guys. I, I, that's the best you know, kid because we love. Um, but you can do that. So Twitter, Facebook, this podcast. Uh, we hope that we're previewing another game next week. We really do. Uh, but Hell or High Water will be here. We will record next week, I promise. <laughs> Until then, thank you so much for listening to our podcast. We really do appreciate it. Until then, my name is Frank. I'm Scott. I'm Paul. Good night, everyone.